Back in the 1990s, um, the number one Christian musical artist and songwriter, and he sold more albums than anybody else, was a, was a man named Rich Mullins. Uh, Rich was, was um, incredibly popular. He had won several awards. He was nominated for, for, for many more. He was nominated for, for several Dove Awards, which are the Christian equivalent of the Grammys. And one year, uh, he was even asked to be the host of the, the, the Dove Awards. He was really popular at that time. His songs today are known all around the world. Um, but yet, he wasn't your typical music star. He was a little bit different. The, um, the story is told that after the Dove Awards, in which he was the host, it was live on national television, um, they had a banquet for all of the folks who were nominated and who won with all the record executives and songwriters, and, every, and everybody was there. And at this dinner banquet, nobody could find Rich. Rich Mullins was gone. They couldn't find him. They didn't know where he was. They kept looking for him. So they continued with their, with their banquet meal. And finally, somebody spotted him. He was wearing a catering uniform, and he was carrying a tray of food. He wanted to serve rather than to be served. That's what made him different. Rich was the one being honored that night, yet he'd rather be just part of the wait staff. And later on, they found him in the kitchen. Different sort of superstar. For many of us, we, we desire to be honored rather than to have honor go to somebody else. We love compliments and we love attention. Maybe it's just preachers that way. But it's really true. If it wasn't the case, if we weren't so concerned with how people thought of us and wanting to like us, then Facebook wouldn't exist. If we weren't so concerned about how people saw us, the Facebook page would be completely blank. I mean, how many of us post our failures on Facebook? How many of us post unflattering pictures of ourselves or pictures of our kids fighting? Here they are fighting on the beach, not standing there looking like a perfect family on the beach. We're concerned with how other people see us. We want to guard what people see in our lives. This Advent season, we're looking at different facets of who Jesus is. Last week, we looked at the awesome power and authority that Jesus has. Well, this week, what Paul is telling us about Jesus in Philippians chapter 2 is that Jesus, who has all authority in heaven and on earth, lowered himself voluntarily to save the world. Jesus is God, but he wasn't born in a palace. He was born in a cave used to store farm animals. He wasn't raised in a royal court in Jerusalem, but in the home of a carpenter in an an obscure little town. He didn't use the political system to change the world. He went around it 
and change the world by being crucified. Paul writes in verse 6 that even though Jesus was God himself when he walked the earth, he didn't use his godliness to his own advantage. He didn't brag about it. Instead, he fashioned himself as a human being and he lived as one of us. When I used to travel for Asbury Seminary um, several years ago, I, I traveled half time. I was in the office for two weeks out of the month and I traveled around the country for two weeks out of the month speaking to groups of Asbury graduates. And what I discovered was that the more I traveled, my frequent flyer status changed very quickly. Some of you who travel a lot know how that can happen. It, it, they're getting a lot stingier these days. But in, but in the past, boy, they, it was, the perks were great. And without even knowing it, I had become a snobby traveler. Yes, I know you're shocked. I had become a snobby traveler. When my priority group number was called, I jumped in the front of the line. I'm priority. I have an elite tag on my luggage. I look back now, and I'm embarrassed. And I see people who are in that world and how they're really proud of that stuff, and I say, that used to be me. Now I sit back in the cattle car with the regular folks, And I see, you know, this is reality. Very quickly, if we're not careful, pride can come sneaking into our lives. And we all live in that world sometimes. We get the idea that we deserve certain privileges. See, when Jesus came to earth, he could have made it so that he never felt hunger. I mean, he's God. He could have said, okay, Father, I'll go down to earth, but the pain thing is off the table. No, he lived as one of us. He could have used his miraculous powers to show everybody how magnificent he was. Like Jesus could have have been with his disciples. Hey, y'all, listen, pizza hasn't been invented yet, but watch, poof. But he didn't do that. Because he lowered himself to become one of us. On a couple of occasions, Jesus healed people. Do you remember what he tells them? He says, don't tell anybody I just did that. Man, if I healed somebody, I'd want everybody to know. Look what I did. Not Jesus. Don't tell anybody. Jesus didn't want people to focus on the signs and wonders. But he wanted people to accept his message of repentance and forgiveness. Not the flashy stuff. Jesus modeled what humility looks like by not taking advantage of his power. Not taking advantage of his position by using them for his own benefit. He never did that. Think about that word humility. That's a tricky word, isn't it? That is a really tricky word. 
Because if you think you have it, you've just proven that you don't. Humility doesn't mean that you think everybody's better or smarter than you are. That's not humility. And it certainly doesn't mean that you think you're better or smarter than everybody else. That's not humility either. Humility is simply knowing the truth about who you are. That's humility. It's having an honest opinion of yourself. It's knowing who we are as God created us and not as the world tells us. Don't let the world tell you who you are. God created you. The world didn't. Think of a, think in your mind of a stereotypical prideful person. Some of the things that they do. Maybe it's the person who's constantly boasting about their accomplishments. Maybe it's the person who's always name dropping. Well, I talked to this famous person once and I know this person. Maybe it's someone who brags about all that they have or all the stuff that they know. Some have accused our president-elect of this. Yet pride has a sneaky way of making an appearance in our lives. I've shared this with you before, but when I was younger, when I was a kid, I truly thought that everybody on earth was more important than I was. I absolutely believe that with all my heart. That of all the people who have ever walked the earth, I was the least important. Now, even though I felt that way, those were prideful thoughts. Stay with me. That was prideful of me. Because thinking that everybody has more worth than I have means that I'm constantly focused on myself and how I compare to other people. And that's pride. Someone could say, well, I'm the most musically gifted person in the room. And they could still not be prideful even though they said that because you know what? It might be true. That's not pride if it's true. But if they say that they themselves are the source of their musical talents, yeah, pride's probably lurking in there somewhere. See, anything that we can do comes from God. Anything. If we take credit for things that we do, rather than reflecting praise back to God, pride may be sneaking around in our hearts. We've got to be careful. See, when Jesus walked the earth, he knew exactly who he was, didn't he? Yet he didn't flaunt it in front of people. He didn't deny it. People asked him who he was, he'd tell them. But he wasn't in people's faces about it either. Paul writes in this passage from Philippians that because of Jesus' humility, even to death on a cross, he was highly exalted and he was given the name above every name. Why do we set ourselves up the way we do? Why do we try to build our reputations? Why are we concerned with what other people think of us? Why do we try to expand our influence or our power 
See, when we don't worry about these things, God will exalt us in his own way. And then it becomes a blessing and not a personal achievement. Jesus didn't worry about his reputation when he walked the earth. That's just how he lived his life. See, to live a life of humility, which is a life like Jesus lived, is to know that no matter what we're doing, no matter where we go, we're constantly in the presence of God. Because when we know that wherever we go, we're in God's presence, we realize how desperately we need God. See, pride is about living in the externals of our lives, that part of us that people can see. Humility is about the internals of our lives, our relationship with God that nobody can see. To spend your time wanting to impress everybody, that's prideful. But to spend your time wanting to develop your relationship with Jesus, that's humility. Let me tell you this very interesting story. Around the year 1300, my goodness, how many years ago was that? Long time. Around the year 1300, a teenager who lived in a town in what's now western Turkey was taken hostage by Muslim pirates. Evidently, back in the Middle Ages, all the pirates in the Mediterranean Sea were Muslim pirates. They're not like Disney's Jack Sparrow pirates. They actually did bad stuff. And they would kidnap people, have have folks pay ransom for them, and that's how they made all their money. So this teenager was kidnapped. And while in captivity... I don't know where they held him. They were waiting for for his parents to pay the ransom. He came from a wealthy family. All the other people in his cell were amazed that this teenager had so much peace in his life. He wasn't scared a bit. He'd spend the whole day chanting worship songs and parts of the Bible that he had memorized, just making up tunes, reciting Scripture, And when he was ransomed, I don't know how much his parents had to pay for him, he was let go. He gave thanks to God by leaving his family, by leaving his wealth behind. And he entered a monastery, became a priest. Oh my goodness. He had everything going for him in his life. And he forsook it all out of gratefulness to God. We don't know much about this guy. He didn't write a whole lot of things. But we know his name is St. Gregory of Sinai. He wasn't even from Sinai. I don't know why they gave him that name. But listen to these words that he wrote. Around the year 1300. Listen to this. He said, true humility is not using humble words. It's not assuming a look of humility about how you look. True humility doesn't force oneself either to think humbly of oneself or to abuse oneself in self-belittlement. Listen to this. He said, rather, humility itself is grace given from God above. 
See, we can't achieve humility. It's a gift that God gives us. Because we find ourselves in the midst of a really busy holiday season. Let's remember to keep things straight. Christmas isn't about giving our kids more and better gifts than the other parents do. Hope you don't engage in that. Christmas is not about having the greatest house lights on the block. It's not about having the greatest Christmas party of all Christmas parties. Think about what Christmas is. It's about humility. It's about Jesus being born in a cave to simple, ordinary parents. It's about angels not going to a king to announce the birth of the Savior, but to poor shepherds. Christmas is about looking at ourselves honestly, knowing that we need someone to save us because no matter how hard we try, we can't save ourselves. It's the first Sunday of the month, and traditionally, here at Centenary, we share the Lord's Supper together. And my prayer for all of us is that as we share this together, it'll help us to refocus during this holiday season. My prayer for all of us is that as we share this holy meal, we remember that Christmas isn't about how we're dressed. It's not about the decorations. It's not about shopping for gifts that we can't afford. It's about Jesus, y'all. It's about Jesus. Almighty God himself becoming one of us and entering this fallen, sinful world in order to save us. Why would he do something like that? It's because he thinks we're worth it. Even if you don't think you are worth it, you are. He loves you. He left heaven for you. He was born so that he could die for you. And I hope you believe it because he's never going to stop loving you. Let's pray.